You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I have been Sam's Jeff Griffin this whole week in Paris. We have done a classic Paris show, but there's always questions about what is hot, hip, and trendy here in Paris. I had a joint co-host that was a good friend of ours. Donnie Bilo, who has a website called Girls Guide to Paris. She actually was so helpful in helping us plan this trip, giving us great ideas of things to do. She was so full of information, we thought it would be really great for her to kind of step in for Jeff since we're doing a Girls Guide. And this week, Donnie, thank you for coming to the show. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some sort of things to do, what's kind of beyond that top 10 in a guidebook, sort of out of the ordinary places to go, sort of areas to be in Paris. We're going to talk about things like stock shops, cocktail bars, some of the new trendy areas. Instead of going to spas, we're going to talk about hammams. Some of you might not even know what a hammam is, and we're going to talk about that. So up next, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the new and hip restaurant scenes when we get back with Donnie, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Donnie Bilo. We're talking about Paris and all the things beyond the sort of classic and top 10 things you'll find in a guidebook. But Donnie, you can't talk about Paris without talking about food. Donnie, I want to talk a little bit about the restaurant scene with you. After that, we're going to have an interview with Chef Justin Kent, who is a Parisian now, but actually a expat American whose mother was French, so he does not have the American French. Let's say his French is very beautiful, but he's worked in all of the kitchens here, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. But tell us about some of the kind of new, hip, and fun places to do with restaurants and what the scene's like here in Paris. Well, I think that's a great question. I think when we think of French cuisine, we kind of think of these heavy sauces. And French cuisine as it was 25, 30 years ago, um, maybe we think of Julia Child. But, you know, the French scene, food scene, it's really exciting now in Paris. And that's really one of the most alive, exciting cultural things that's going on there right now. And it kind of happened um, about five to seven years ago, maybe even a little bit longer, almost up to 10 years ago. It was started with people got sick from these great great big chefs got sick and tired of the Michelin Guide standards, which were so formal, and these hushed, quiet, you know, dining rooms, and it turns <laughs> out people just don't like to dine like that, you know, right. and maybe you do once a year, but it's astronomically expensive, and chefs started opening, maybe the guy who worked for the guy, so the, the sous chef. Right. Might have decided he wants to go out on his own and open a little tiny place, um, and these, they began calling them gastro bistros. Mm-hmm. And we've you know, seen a similar thing go on in a lot of big cities in the U.S. and London. But in particular, the, the French scene is, is interesting because it includes two things. Natural wine is huge, really, really important in France. And there's a lot of natural wine bars that has sort of come along with the same movement of these gastro bistros. And a, an example of sort of a combo of those two things is a place called Saturn. Saturn is like my favorite, one of my favorite places to get incredible natural wine, which is natural wine itself is not necessarily organic, but it means that it's 
wine that's been treated as least as possible. They don't do very much to the wine. They don't add, they try not to add very many sulfites. They try not to add a lot of stuff to the soil, but it's sort of do your best kind of thing. It's not it's not like a hard rule, whereas organic wine, there are hard rules uh, and it's quite difficult to make good organic wine. Mm-hmm. But natural wine, if you haven't tried it, it's a little different um, and it kind of tastes more grapey. And if you don't compare it to wine and you just think of it as, hmm, this is different and let's try it. It can be a fun experience when you're in Paris. So I would definitely, we've got a whole page on natural wine bars um, on our site. Uh, but Sauterne is sort of one of my favorite because it's this farm to table local cuisine plus the natural wine in a very modern kind of cool setting. And, and the other kind of trend in Paris is these small restaurants, these gastro bistros, etc., are offering just one menu. So you sort of a no choice menu. It may adjust if you have a, an allergy or, you know, if you're a vegetarian, but it, it's kind of like going to someone's house for the evening. You know, you don't get <laughs> right. to say, I, I don't like lasagna, you know, right. it's, it's fun. It's a little bit of an adventure. And then when you're having this different kind of wine, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Some of my favorite places, in that realm are Frenchie, of course, which is really, really famous. You're going to have to try hard to get a reservation months in advance. Um, another place is called Spring, um, which is an American chef. Another American chef is Verju, and that guy actually started by, he had an underground restaurant called The Hidden Kitchen that got so popular that he just ended up opening his own place. So he's got a wine bar underneath and a fantastic 12-course meal tasting menu <laughs> on top. Uh, so it's a little like a duplex um, place near the Palais Royale. And also this new place, um, which I know I tried to get you into, and, and we wanted you to interview the chef, and it was difficult to pin her down because she's 24 years old and just opened <laughs> this restaurant. And it's called Haikai, A-K-I-K-A-I. And that was one of the most exciting places I've tried recently, and that's in the Canal Town. So, you know, we've got a lot. We do restaurant reviews every week on our site so you can read up on it. But it's, it's a lot of fun to try some of these new interesting places. Yeah. As a matter of fact, coming up next, we're going to do an interview with Chef Justin Kent, who's actually a chef that's worked in everything from kind of a local bistro to a Michelin-starred restaurant. He's going to be up next, and we'll be right back. You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you got to eat. Next up, you got to eat. Mmm, good. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. We are here doing a week in Paris, not just the classic, which we've done before, but this is the hip and trendy Paris, the things that are outside the general book of what you do when you're in Paris. One of those things that you have to do, I mean, there's not a lack of eating while you're here in Paris. So we wanted to talk to our friend, Chef Justin Kent, a little bit about the hip and trendy culture here in Paris, about food, wine, places to go, hot drinks. Tell us a little bit about things that people can do that might not be in the guidebooks. Sure. Well, there's certainly a huge kind of revamping of the Paris dining scene happening at the same time here, uh, along with all of the traditional cooking, which is really great. And um, you got a lot of really fantastic restaurants, a lot of great people kind of getting out, uh, experimenting a little bit more with what's out there. Cocktail scene wasn't necessarily so big here in Paris for a long time. Everybody just simply sat around and drank wine. We're getting more into craft breweries and things like that and uh, cocktails 
cocktail bars, things of that nature. So there's a number of great places like that. You know, it's funny, I've been walking around the last week or so, and I've noticed more glasses in the cafes and the bars on the street. They're not wine glasses than I ever have before. Yeah, it's definitely a big thing. I mean, they certainly are. I think traditional for the French themselves, they really love their mojitos, that's for sure. Uh Um, So you'll generally see that on a lot of menus. But there's a lot more simple, just actual cocktail bars that are just only serving cocktails. Places like uh, Candelaria is actually a nice, super hip taco stand in the Marais district, which is pretty hip. They have a secret entrance that's almost back door that you would not really know is there unless you see somebody happen to walk through it. You walk (laughs) through this door and all of a sudden you're in this beautifully decorated bar that is serving super great cocktails. Some of them even spicy, which isn't typical of France, which is great. And so there's a lot of fun places like that. Uh, There's a group out here, experimental cocktail group or prescription cocktail group, one of those that um, they have a number of different cocktail bars and lounges around that are just serving up like really great craft cocktails. Uh, Another spot that's a favorite of mine, my wife and I moved from Colorado where we have a lot of craft breweries. Here it was kind of a little bit tough to find uh, that kind of scene, but there's a really great place called La Fine Mousse that has about 20 different beers on tap, all top quality stuff and everybody that works there is super knowledgeable about the craft so you can go in and order a beer they'll give you a good idea of what it is you're about to drink and they just opened a gastropub so probably Paris's first gastropub oh wow so what about particular places like what are maybe some hot spots of like places to go get drinks Um, well certainly you have experimental cocktail club prescription there's also uh, sherry butt is the name of another cocktail club that's pretty popular those are some good ones those are definitely some good places to start and where are the places Places like maybe as far as restaurants, you know, we've talked before in other episodes about, you know, classic French cuisine, but where are the places to be seen when it comes to dining? Well, luckily enough, the dining scene in Paris in terms of the hip and trendy dining scene is really taking off. There's a number of great places. Another place that I used to work at, Verju, is over in near the Palais Royal area, not too far from the Louvre, serving an eight-course tasting menu for 60 euros. Business itself is owned by Americans, so they're doing French produce and products through the eyes of Americans. And that is a really lot of, uh, it's a lot of fun to go over there. Lots of natural wines on their menu. You have places like Bones, which is an Australian chef by the name of James Henry, who's doing some really interesting stuff and doing a lot of house cured meats. Certainly Frenchie has always been a really popular staple of kind of hip food, really hard to get a reservation there. Uh, And then you have smaller places like Condelaria that I mentioned for cocktails, serving tacos up front. They have a place called La Mary Celeste that is more of an oyster bar serving cocktails and things like that. So those places are all really great. And then we have uh, one of the most popular restaurants even in the world right now that just opened in December called Restaurant David Dutin. And he is doing some amazing stuff in food. And now is certainly a time to be going and eating at his restaurant. Well, like we said, there's never a lack of food here in Paris. (laughs) Um, Justin actually owns a company, which I think is super cool. It's one of the things, you know, not just going to a place, going to a bar to have something, but going to a fine restaurant. But I always have liked coming to Paris and grabbing a bottle of wine and getting some food and and just sitting out in the open air. And Justin must have felt that passion because he actually owns a company called PicnicsParis.com where they actually make custom picnics and make those gourmet picnics where you can go out and sit in these iconic
iconic places. Tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah, so it started uh, a little over a year ago working with my wife where we kind of, she saw a need for her clients who were asking about places to go and eat. We always loved enjoying ourselves outdoors when it was beautiful. So the two kind of married together pretty well and I began catering picnics for her clients and it kind of just took off from there. And these days we do picnics all over Paris um, and certainly a lot of the hip places uh, you have right in front of the Eiffel Tower being maybe the most common in the Champ de Mars. But over by Canal Saint-Martin in the Marais area is certainly where you'll see probably the most hippest guys uh, and gals sipping on wine and enjoying a picnic along the water. Wonderful. Tell us where people can contact you, Justin. They can contact me through my website at picnicsparis.com or my email address, so Justin at picnicsparis.com. Perfect. I'm going to continue eating my way outside of Paris until my very last minute here. But thank you so much for spending time with us, and we will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are doing a girl's trip to Paris. This week's show, we're going to be talking about hip and trendy Paris, things kind of off the top 10 list in a guidebook. And I have Donnie Bilo with me, who is the founder of Girl's Guide to Paris. It's a website, lots of great things to do and see there, very specific to coming alone, coming with your girlfriend, coming with your daughter, your mother, sort of just a girl's focus on being here in the city. Donnie and I were just talking about some of these great things. She had us do a couple of walking tours that they have there on Girl's Guide. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the kind of hipper areas that may not be, you know, on people's top of the radar when it comes here, but the canal and the Marais area. Can you tell us a little bit about those? You bet. So the Marais is sort of the second oldest part of Paris, and um, it is definitely the sort of most well-known trendy area, the best shopping area, I think. And it's also one of the more beautiful areas because you've got all the hotel particulaires, which were the big mansions of their time and that are now, um, you know, often um, buildings that are owned by the government or perhaps uh, museums and what, what have you. But So you've got some of your oldest, most historic buildings there and windy little streets. It was the Jewish neighborhood back in the day, and there still are some synagogues and some Orthodox Jews there, but it's generally a hugely hipster area, and it also houses my favorite square in Paris, which is the Place de Vosges. So you really cannot make a trip to Paris and not go to the Marais. Everybody who goes there sort of falls in love with it and declares it one of their favorite, if not their favorite part of Paris. So we've got two different walking tours for that area. One is just shopping, and the other one's sort of more sightseeing and history, etc. And I love it. It's we have an apartment on the Ile Saint-Louis and we just we can walk, you know, within five minutes we're in the Marais, so I spend a lot of time there. But my kind of new favorite area is the Canal Saint-Martin. So right. that's the tent. And um, I know you got a chance to go there. And we have um, one walking tour for the, that area. And it really is focused around the canal because the canal itself is so picturesque. Um, you see it in a, lot of, in a lot of movies and a lot of photos. And it took me about 
10 trips to Paris before I finally went there. And once I did, I just fell in love with it. And it's only just gotten cooler and cooler over the last 10 years. And well, there's a number of things you can do there, but it's really a great place to go um, shopping and then have dinner uh, or even lunch and shopping. And there's also stock shops, which I don't know if our listeners know what those are, but basically they're discount shops for one designer. So say Maj, who's a really popular French brand and, you know, fantastic designer. And they have a Maj stock shop in uh, the Canal Saint-Martin area. So that's on our tour as well. So you get uh, discounts all year round at those shops, whereas the rest of the shops in Paris only allow sales to happen in July and January. Leave it to the French to regulate when you can can put things on sale or not. And actually, actually, it's mandatory. I know. And it's so funny because that was actually my first experience coming to France. It's like, I came in July and everyone's like, it's sale. It's the sale. I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, and I was indoctrinated in the required sale of the year. Yes. So. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, that's when the time when women uh, learn how to uh, fight, fight it out in the shopping, you know, especially the first couple of days, you know, you got to stake out your territory. It's like we've written a lot of articles on how to do the sales without completely having a nervous breakdown. But <laughs> <laughs> it's 40 to 70 percent off, you know, it gets people a little frothy. So, you know, talking <laughs> about some of these kind of new hysterias kind of brings me into sort of like in our traditional show on Paris, you know, we might talk about the Louvre or the Orsay. Talk about a little bit about sort of the art scene that's a little bit kind of more in depth than that. Well, I, you know, I love discovering in so many places, I love discovering what's going on in the art world, whether or not that's just strictly galleries or museums or whether or not that's sort of multi-venue experiences, which is a strong suit in Paris right now. I wouldn't call Paris, it's not a leader in, you know, globally as in the art scene in terms of galleries. Certainly it is in terms of museums, but they've got some really incredible places. Like there's a place called Le Chancat, the 104, and that is in the 19th, and it was basically a funeral embalming parlor, not even a parlor, it's a place where it was like an industrial place for service of funeral homes, and that was long since sort of boarded up, and it sat there for years, and then finally, somebody took it over and sort of created this really cool idea, uh, which was to have this huge, huge mammoth warehouse space, and divide up all of these floors into ateliers so an artist can use an atelier at no charge so they have a free studio space to do their work in as long as they're willing to open it up several times a month so that people can come in and actually watch them do art wow. watch them you know which I think is so innovative such a cool idea and now it's become a real destination so you can go there and have lunch and, and there's a shop and there's it's a giant place and that's the 104 and then there's a place called Wander Lust, which is actually a nightclub, but it's also in the mode of sciences and design museum, which is a great looking green building right on the Seine in the 13th. And 13th is kind of becoming an artsy area as well. And then there's Plante Ephemer, which is also on the Canal Saint-Martin, which we talked about. You've got a number of spaces like that. So Plante Ephemer has, it doesn't actually, it's not spelled that way it sounds, it's E-P-H-E-M-E-R-E. And it's a 
place where you can go see a movie, you can go see a band, you can hang out and drink coffee, have wine, it, they'll have an art exhibit. So I think those kind of experiences are speaking to sort of the next generation or Gen X and Gen Yers. So, you know, you can get a whole bunch of artistic experiences in one place. Donnie was so nice and she introduced me to Susan Shoup uh, and Grace Tashima. They're artists that live here in Paris. And I went to uh, Susan's studio and it was so, first of all, it's in a really great little place right in the Marais, and her studio is just so full of color and so much fun. Um, I actually interviewed them, and I have that interview coming up next. We're going to talk a little bit about the art scene, maybe about where to buy art and some galleries coming up next. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry Sands, Jeff Griffin. This week we are doing an all-girls week here in Paris. This is one of our uh, shows we've done. Last week we did a very traditional show on Paris, and this week we are talking about new hot trends here in Paris. If you don't want to do the usual list of top ten things, we've got a lot of little things that are a little more on the trendy side. I am here in Susan Shoup's studio with Grace Tashima as well. And actually, luckily for me, it's one of the few French names that I've had to say that I haven't been French, I guess I should say, because we've been hacking every single French name we've been saying. So this is quite comfortable for us to try and get a little something a little more what we're used to while we're here. Tell us a little bit, uh, Susan, tell us a little bit about your studio here and something that's, you know, for our audience, if they come here to Paris, a little bit something different other than maybe your traditional, you know, going to the Orsay. I love the Orsay, I love the Louvre, but people that want to go a little bit beyond that in the art scene. Hi. So um, my studio, which I call the Shoop Shop, is in the Marais um, district of Paris, which is, since Paris, you know, it spirals out with districts. I'm in the third district, which is a hotbed of galleries, um, some young galleries and more experimental galleries. And now more and more what you could call gold chip galleries where they have museum quality work. I have the good fortune of, you know, living in this neighborhood so I can, from my studio, my small garret-like Parisian studio, run out and buy some, you know, a bottle of water or something and then go see a beautiful art show just down the block. And for me, I must say, like many big cities, you hang out in your hood. And so for me, you know, with the time I have, because, you know, I do like to spend a lot of my time working, I just hang out in the third. And I can talk later on about maybe some of the galleries that are my picks in this district. That'd be great. Grace, tell us a little bit maybe about somebody who wants to come to Paris and not just look at art, but maybe find a piece to take home. I mean, I'm sure our audience is pretty much, you know, we shouldn't make assumptions about what they would like to spend on art. So it's kind of hard to say it that way, but maybe just places that they might want to pick up some art. That's a really good question. I think the best bet is to try to make contact with artists and go to their studios. I know an enormous number of artists because I've been showing artists in my living room for the past eight years. I closed my gallery, such as it is last year in September, but I really love doing it so much that I'm going to reopen this September. 
we're sitting here in Susan's studio. It's it's amazing. It's so colorful. The artwork is beautiful. I'm going to actually take a picture and throw it on the uh, show so you can see it. It's so lively and beautiful, and the colors are just, you know, you can see beautiful reds and pinks and purples, and it's just such a very unique art. Um, I would say it's not your traditional, you know, go by the Seine, have a picture of the Eiffel Tower sort of art. It's very, very different than that. So tell us a little bit about maybe some of your art that you have here in the studio and places that people can, again, look for some pieces of art. I totally agree with Grace that it's that is as VIP as you can get to meet the person creating, be it, you know, your your clothing, your food, your art, you know, to have that experience one to one. And we happen to be in my studio, which um as um Kathleen mentioned, there are a lot of colors going on. There are a lot of words floating around in this space and and the paintings that I do are oftentimes what I call poetry paintings and they are inspired by the life in the studio and by the woman's life in the studio. So my paintings are about, you know, the experience of the artist from the point of view of me, a woman artist and in Paris, living in Paris. We talked a little bit about this this part of town, the Marais, as they call it. A little bit about maybe some walks that people can take while they're here and maybe sort of parouse some of the, the local art scene. You know, I love Place des Vosges. When I first came to Paris, in 1981, I met with a friend of a friend, and she said, meet me at this little cafe that had two seats at Place des Vosges. So definitely that, that is the first stop, Metro St. Paul, Place des Vosges, just wandering the streets. I mean, when I first came to Paris 28 years ago, the Marais, which means marsh, because it used to be marshy, was very, very downtrodden and beaten up, and there was nothing like it is today. It's really become very gentrified and very hip and boutiques. That I live in Montmartre, which is in the 18th district. This is also a place of artists, traditionally Toulouse-Lautrec, Picasso lived there. It's it's also very historic. Yeah, the Place des Vosges, I agree with Grace too, um, is mind blowing. You know, for architecture and for the park, and um, but some of the other streets that are really trending now in the third are the Rue de Bretagne, which has an old marketplace which is called the Marché des Enfants Rouges, and in the mornings and until about two o'clock in the afternoon, food stalls are set up there where you. Can can eat anything from a couscous to sushi to a traditional French meal. And all around that area are new pop-up shops, new shops that might be selling clothing and then have a sandwich, you know, bar in the in the restaurant or in the in the boutique. And um, all of the streets going up to the Rue de Bretagne, the Rue Vieille du Temple, where my um, studio is, the Rue des Frambourgeois that Grace mentioned, and a big um, gallery street is the Rue de Turenne, which has the Rue Saint-Claude. It's You can just do like, a, you could spend a day, you could spend two days, you could spend the morning just going around these streets in the Marais up to the Rue de Bretagne and back towards the Place des Vosges and towards the river. And it's just an amazing place. I was just wondering about, you know, people that might be listening to the show that might be, well, starving artists or or maybe established artists. We'll, we'll go with starving artists uh, <laughs> that see the inspiration of these two women here living in Paris and trying to sort out on their own how it is that they, you know, would come over here and have a start. How did you get over here to Paris? How did this all happen for you? 
you know, I came to Paris in 1981 on a second honeymoon with my husband at the time, and I just completely fell in love with it. We went to London first, and I liked London, and I thought I would like Paris, but I just was blown away, and I just longed to come back. I fell in love with Paris. We got divorced, but he was happy to support me and the children to live in Paris. I thought that they would get a better education. I thought at least they would learn French. And now they live in New York. They speak French among themselves and especially when they want to fight. And I stayed. Basically, that's it. I came here in 1985 with four children and they went to French schools and and grew up here and now speak perfect French. My French hurts their ears when I speak it, but I stick with English most of the time. But I manage in French. <laughs> What about you, Susan? Um, also, I came, I've been married for a while, um, and came in the mid-80s with the man who became my husband. I was living in Boston, trying to be, you know, a young painter in the Boston area at the time. And um, my husband is a scientist, and he was working at um, MIT. His family was in Europe, and um, so he had a job offer in a couple of different places, including Paris. We checked out Hamburg, D.C., Paris, and uh, I guess I kind of convinced him. And it's odd. I actually had a premonition of myself walking near the Pompidou Center when I was just visiting for the first time, imagining that I was coming home carrying grocery bags, which is pretty much my life here now. So, yeah, came for l'amour toujours. Very good. Grace, tell people where they can contact you via your website, your gallery that you're going to be opening. Tellsburg people can contact you. I live in Montmartre. I have a meetup called Shea Grace. I'm also on Facebook under Grace Tashima Gallery Paris Montmartre and Grace Tashima Art Paris. That's probably the best way. I don't have a website per se, but you can probably Google me and find me there. We'll find you there. What about Susan? My website is shoopshop.com, and uh, there you have a selection of my uh, shoop shop projects, paintings, and objets d'art. And I also have susanshoop.com, which is my more formal painting website. And people can contact me for studio visits um, by appointment. Perfect. Thank you so much, ladies, for spending time with me today. I'm, I'm going to be heartbroken leaving this gorgeous, very bright studio. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. What would a girls' show in Paris be without spas? Girls love to get together and do spas, but what's cooler and hipper than spas is the new trend of hammam. Hammam is a North African and Middle Eastern tradition where you go to like Turkish baths and public houses and they have this whole hammam experience which is very much different than a traditional spa. Now Donna, you've been to Okari as well, is that correct? Yes, they're a partner of ours and I just adore the owner. She's she, Kakima is such an absolutely lovely woman. Yes, and I talked a lot to her son Bashir have you talked to Bashir before? No. Oh, no. yes. He's quite delightful. He actually was helping me a lot with emailing for the appointments. And he's super sweet, knows all about the business. He kind of runs the business side of it. And we went to Hammam. And again, Hammam is a kind of different. Actually, one of the whole thing about like European spas in general that are very much different than U.S 
is it's not really about your Botox and your beauty and your whatever. It's really about taking care of yourself, being healthy, detoxifying. It's sort of becoming... And they go together. These hamams, the ladies go together, which is... So it's kind of like girls' day out, but you got to totally chill and relax and detox and feel incredibly good afterwards and go home rather than maybe sitting at a lunch and having too much rosé wine. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it is sort of this um, cultural thing too. I've actually been in other countries. I've spent a lot of time in German spas and their spas on Sunday are like Sunday brunch. I mean, it's that's where people go. That's where they hang out. It's what they do. One thing about Okari is it's, and it kind of goes with our theme, it is a girls only. So if you have any hesitation about going to Hamam, I think this would be a great one to try. You definitely, when you get there, the owner is there. They welcome you there. They explain what you're doing. There's several packages that you can do with Hamam. There's kind of a beginner's package. And then there's sort of like you can go for half an hour, an hour, two hours. By the time we got done with ours, it was it was literally like three hours by the time that we were done. But kind of just explaining what happens when you go to Hamam. First of all, again, you have to sort of not be shy when it comes to your body. And I think that's one of the things that I do love about Europe and European thoughts about bodies is that it's very much not, naked bodies are not necessarily like an automatic sense for a sexual sort of thing. That it's just everybody has a body. Everybody has a body. You know, it's a natural thing. It's a comfortable thing. And you really, even if maybe there's a little discomfort, as a matter of fact, many me went with us to the hammam. And I could tell at first there was this like, ah, what are we doing? You know, and there was definitely a big smile at the end of her, you know, by the time she was done, because there is this sort of thing where you just relax and this is like who you are. And you're going into the hammam, which is actually the hot part of it. And you're getting a steam bath and then you're putting things on you. Everything there was natural. It was like a honey and seed mask. Then they take this loofah thing and they literally scrub your entire, you know, skin down and just clean you and wash your hair. I don't know. How did you feel about your experience there at Okari, Donnie? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I love the fact that your daughter went with you because I've got a 20-year-old daughter and there is probably the last thing she would ever do with me. And <laughs> you, it requires... So your daughter is a very bold and I just love her for that. Um, so I went actually with a whole group of women. I took a women's group over there and something you would not want to do on a first day because nobody knew each other. But by the fourth day, we all did. And But it's a great thing to do for jet lag. And you can just go in there for an hour and a half. They have an express one. But And I think we you get a discount, too, if you're a member with our go-card. But I love that place in particular because it's women only. You go in and you have to get completely naked with yeah. all these strangers around. But it's small and intimate enough that you sit and they kind of lead you around. And you go into the hammam, which is very, 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 very hot steam. Mm -hmm. And then there's copper bowls with water in them. And then you kind of push, you know, just take a cup of water and throw it over your head if you get too hot. They want you to sit in there as long as possible. And then you can come out and take a break and go back in. And then they come and get you. And then you do this gommage, what you were talking about. This, It's like this intense scrub and it takes probably like two layers of your skin off. Yes kind of gross because you can't believe how much skin, dead skin comes off. But then you walk out of there when you're all done, like your skin feels like a newborn baby. It is. Skin holds a lot of toxins too. And so you get this gommage and then you can also get a massage and they do, they shampoo your hair, but in the most beautiful kind of calm, zen kind of way. And then you're on, while you're having the massage, I mean, and also on the gommage, you're on a hot stone, not hot, but warm stone table. Yeah, warm stone. 
which is unusual and different. And then at the end of that, you go into a cooling pool, and then they give you this orange de fleur d'orange drink that's just incredibly refreshing. Yes, it is. And then and I forgot the hot tea, like yeah. before you even start, before you even go to Hamam, there's kind of like a waiting room, and they've got like little tea cakes and green tea and, and all of that. Yeah. So you kind of have like the warming, getting yourself ready. You go through the whole experience, and then you're right. When you're done, you have this like delicious, cool drink waiting for you. Oh, the drink is just divine. And then there's, you can have your mint, your Moroccan mint tea and your, you know, little baklava, the, you know, Tunisian or Moroccan sweets. I guess it's really a tradition from Turkey that Morocco and Tunisia also, she's from Tunisia originally. The, right, now, yeah. Maybe Algeria. Maybe she's from Algeria. Yeah, North Africa, she told me. So I think you're right. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, um, it's it's fun because, it's, it, you know, it is kind of part of seeing a different um, country and their culture is to see how they spot. And it's, it, this is actually not a French thing. This is an Algerian, um, Tunisian, and uh, and Turkish thing. But the French have adopted it in, in a really big way. It's super popular. You know, if you've had a little bit too much wine the night before, it kind of is a great detox yeah. <laughs> after the pastry and the wine and the et cetera. I actually ran into a woman who opened a hammam in Canada. And she was telling me how when she decided to open a hammam, that she actually, Paris was one of her go-to cities to check out hammams. So she went to mm-hmm. Paris, Turkey, and London. So I think that says a lot that this is really kind of like the new kind of up and coming thing. And and again, for a place like Paris, for a place like London, for a place, but for other people, this is a very traditional part of their normal day to day life. And so it is. Yeah. And so yeah. I think the whole thing is really interesting. It is. And I, I will tell you, I was in Istanbul at the end of last year, and I went to like a 600-year-old hammam there, and it wasn't nearly as good as the place Okari in Paris. So anyway, <laughs> and we'll have that's my a, two cents on that. Yeah, exactly. And we'll have Okari's uh, information on the website and uh, where you can contact Okari and make your appointments and look at the menu there for hammam. Now, coming back, Donnie, we're going to talk about some trendy hotels, and we're also going to talk about when in Paris, be like a Parisian and renting an apartment and how it is that, you know, you can kind of do a different thing, which I actually love being in an apartment, being able to grocery shop and bring my groceries home and cook a dinner and all that. Super fun. And we'll talk about that coming up next. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Donnie Bilo, who is the founder of Girls Guide to Paris, who helped us plan our trip here. We're having a great girls week here in Paris. And of course, we've talked about all these great things to do, trendy areas, going to Hamam, doing all this stuff. But people need to know, where do we stay? So I wanted to talk a little bit about some trendy hotels and then maybe sort of move into Paris rentals and some quick questions about people having, you know, about Paris rentals. I'm actually staying in this beautiful apartment in the 6th, um, and I'll have contact information and pictures as well about this apartment and apartments that you can rent and sort of live like a Parisian while you're here. I actually spent okay. the first few days in a really great place called Hotel Edgar that is up in the 
second and it was a different part of town that I hadn't seen in before but this really it's a it's a restaurant and a hotel and well a couple things I wanted to talk about with Hotel Edgar was that one they said about 95% of their clientele are actually Parisians which not just French but actual Parisians who come into town and they don't want to you know they get too busy with their friends or drinking or hanging out at the restaurant and they stay or they come in for the weekend which I thought that was kind of really funny is that it's not a typical touristy sort of hotel and that's fun and each one of the rooms has been designed by the owner's family members and or friends that are artists and uh, on the website which we'll have up there there all the pictures are so unique and fun each one of the hotels is different they each kind of have their own little theme it's just a great little place great neighborhood very walkable um, you can get to the Marais very quickly or different parts of town you pretty much can walk everywhere within you know just a few minutes of time it was very busy the whole restaurant you know from just patrons that were there people that were coming there was never an empty table So clearly kind of this really kind of fun and hip little place to stay. I'm so glad you liked it. I think it's unique, completely unique place. There's really sort of no other hotel like that in the world. So we also have uh, Hotel Edgar's information online about how you can book your room there at Hotel Edgar. Check out the website with the pictures. Check out the menu at the restaurant. Great place to stay. Going into another question that we have when we come back, talk a little bit about apartment rentals in Paris, kind of apartment rentals 101, a little bit about how you can rent apartments, where are good places to go, and we'll be doing that right up. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I have Donnie Bilo standing in for Jeff Griffin because it's an all-girls show here in Paris. Donnie has a website called Girls Guide to Paris, which we've used a lot in getting some of our whole itinerary here. I'm here with my mini-me on her first trip to Paris. So we wanted to make sure we got it right and my first girls trip to Paris. So perfect. Thank you, Donnie, so much for spending time with us. We were just talking about apartment rentals. You know, everyone knows you can book a hotel. There's many places to stay. We were just talking about a really kind of fun and hippie, trendy one, which was with the Hotel Edgar, which is new. I think it's only been open for about a year. But what about people who want to rent an apartment? Tell us some kind of like quick tips for renting an apartment, sort of the 101 guide, and maybe some good places where people can go to find apartments to rent. It's a great question. Um, I know um, the readers of our site, it's their favorite way to travel to Paris. We do get a lot of people reading our site who who go a lot into a real francophile. So um, if you're going to stay in Paris for more than five days, five days and up to a week or you know two weeks or a month, lucky you, apartment rental is the way to go. Also great if you've got two couples or your family and you know getting two and three hotel rooms it just gets cost prohibitive. Right. Um, and there is so much many apartments available for rent in Paris. So my first thing to guide you on would be to say, I tend to prefer to rent 
from agencies for this reason. And I think, you know, I've had some great success with VRBO and Flipkey and those, you know, really large by owner websites. And actually, I have my own apartment on those. But I really like the agencies because what they do is they are always checking the apartments. They oftentimes will have their own cleaning people or approved of cleaning people. Because one time I went, it wasn't VRBO, VRBO or Flipkey, but it was another very, very, very large agency in, mm-hmm. in France. And they were basically just a website that, you know, anybody could put up anything and rent it to you. And I ended up renting a place in the Marais that was filthy, dirty, and disgusting, which was really disgusting. Oh, no. I had to clean out the guys. Yeah. So you can, you know, run into issues. But so I suggest agencies. We have a whole list of them on our on our website. Um, I love Haven in Paris. They're probably one of my favorite. Erica, the owner, has just got impeccable taste. Uh, but that's on the more expensive side. And there's plenty of affordable places to rent. You really get a good deal that way. And you got, you know, you've got much more space. And kind of the reason why I like it is that you can pretend you're a Parisian for the week. You know, you can right. go to the grocery store. You can go to the marché and, uh, you know, buy some beautiful fruits and vegetables. You can go and get croissant in the morning. And of course, that also saves you if you, you know, have two nights where you don't go out to dinner um, and you don't have to order room service and, you know, you don't get overcharged for your breakfast. I mean, you know, this could be like 500 euros you save um, right. just uh, on that end. It's a more spacious, sometimes more elegant, uh, more beautiful and cheaper way to stay. So it's back to my VIP life for less. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> but uh, I know you were lucky enough to stay in my sister's apartment um, yes. on, in the sticks. So I, I'm so happy that we were able to work that out. It's just really, really, really enjoyable to stay in an apartment. But no, it's, the, um, the other couple of things, I was going to say, sorry, a couple of things that I also recommend to people if you are going to go to through an agency or through Flipkey, BRBO, or any of the other sites, HomeAway, you should definitely ask these three questions. Number one, is it a walk-up? And if so, how many floors? Because when you get there and you're jet-lagged and you have two suitcases and you've uh-huh. got to drag them up four or five flights of stairs, that can be the beginning of a nightmare experience. Right, right. You know? Number two, so I would, I, my, my rule of thumb is no more than two flights. I won't walk up any more than two flights. Um, some people, you know, who are perhaps older or have an injury or whatever, they can't do it at all. So right. find that out. Find out where the, the restrooms face, like, uh, not the restrooms, excuse me, the, the bedrooms. You don't want to be on a busy street at all and if you are on a busy street you want to make sure those bedrooms are not on the busy street because especially in the summer when you got to open the windows uh, because that's how it works in France there's no screens or anything you you hear it's just too loud. Uh, and that I've made that mistake too. And then thirdly, I would double check that they have Wi-Fi. Uh, most places do now, but you know, all the things you're going to want to do, you're going to need to reserve online or call somebody. And, you know, it's, it's important to be able to That's get That's true. And especially if you Wi-Fi. don't, you know, depending on your phone service, you could be, you know, running on extra time with your Wi-Fi there. And so if you don't yeah. have a respite from that, you could really get yourself in trouble. Exactly. Exactly. So how did you said it was some, one of your first times? How'd you like it? Oh, I loved it. As a matter of fact, if you tell your sister, thank you, and 
And I'm, no, just happy, I'm just happy to move right in. So if if I don't know how many, <laughs> she probably has people just backed up to rent this place because it's just so gorgeous. It's in a beautiful area in the sixth, which is my favorite area. It's just off uh, Rue de Rennes and, and St. Germain. It's the perfect area close to the subways, plenty of room. There's two bedrooms here, a little living room and a kitchen. But I mean, I just, like you said, the whole feeling of just, you know, going to the grocery store, keeping stuff in the fridge, you know, being able to, you know, no one no one wants to eat out three meals a day. It's just insane when you're traveling. And to be able to get up and just have breakfast and then every couple of nights, you know, come home and make dinner and then maybe walk, you know, go outside and take a walk around the neighborhood or do something later outside. I just love that whole flexibility. I just, I like the privacy of the apartment. I like, you know, all of that. And I just can't imagine coming to Paris again and not, you know, again, maybe for a one or two night stay. Hotels are great, but for really, you you know, wanting to stay for a longer period of time, just this apartment is just super great. I will have the contact for some rental agencies as well as the listing for this apartment with some photos on our hot sheet for today's show as well. Uh, but before we go and end this week's show on sort of the hip and trendy of Paris and Girl's Guide to Paris here with Donnie Bilo, wanted to get your top three uh, for and our usual he said, she said, now she said, she said segment for kind of the hip and trendy with Paris. Well, that's definitely a tough one because with hip and trendy, it's it's changing all the time, isn't it? So yeah. I would say, you know, this month, my hip and trendy choices are the Edgar Hotel. I'm very keen on the Edgar because the, the guy who owns it, Guillaume, is this wonderful cross between French and American. He has spent a lot of time in the States and yes. knows a lot of people in the U.S. He's from the quintessential French family. His dad owns the Maison de la Famille. And, and I just love the innovative way that they, they decorate the place and the fact that the ho- the restaurant is just super super popular I'm among it's booming, yeah yeah and it's just not it's just what I like about it it it, it takes what um, people are doing with restaurants and hotels where they're really personalizing it and it doesn't feel like some big brand name and it, it just feels empty and soulless. It's got the, it's the opposite. It's full of art and, and sex appeal and it's very exciting. Um, hammams, I'm actually, in, I love the original hammam, the Mosque de Paris from the 1920s just to see the, it's just, it's not necessarily hip and trendy but on the other hand it really kind of is. It's a kind of a super offbeat cool thing to do and it's a beautiful beautiful hammam with the uh, the tiles and I think for restaurants I have to say hi Kai but that's my new find I actually got it from um, another gal uh, that I know in Paris and it's a 24 year old French chef who's a woman which is so cool and it's on the <laughs> canal Saint-Martin get you can't beat the canal Saint-Martin for hip and trendy so um, those are my three what are yours well, I was going to say, I'm going to have to go with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, the hammam trend is just, I'm so with it. I want to go with it. I want a hammam in my backyard so I can just, you know, go to my regular <laughs> hammaming. But um, I would say, yeah, I mean, again, I totally love staying at the Hotel Edgar. It was great. I just think that whole sort of like, you know, staying in an apartment is, is really, really cool. And I would say like my top would be sort of, yeah, kind of trying some new drinks 
here at some of the the bars and things that are just kind of like I'm so used to coming to Paris and just you know ordering wine all the time and it's been just kind of a fun little thing you know trying some different drinks and at some of the you know different places around town so that, those have been really fun and I'm going to add a sneak one in but the Marais especially uh, near Susan's studio and going to Susan's studio was super super great and they gave some really great tips on how to pick up you know some of your own art pieces and galleries and stuff like that so those are all mine oh I'm so I'm so happy and there is actually cocktail bars now in Paris that prescription cocktail bar and the experimental cocktail bar they kind of started a whole trend and uh, thank heavens you can finally get a proper mixed drink in the town of Paris well and what's funny is I've noticed you know walking around that you know you're looking at these tables and cafes and different things and what people are drinking right and so of course in the morning you've got espresso and you know whatever in the morning but what I've noticed is that the wine glasses are now you know more than half of them are replaced with mojito glasses or some kind of different Mm -hmm. sort of uh, wine drinker with ice and you know just I, I I never have really noticed that before coming here it definitely seems like there's sort of a change in the trend there but well Donnie thank you so much I mean again tell us Donnie where uh, the information about Girls Guide where you can reach you Uh, Donnie's got walks uh, she's got the Go Girls card all this really great stuff well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you're just so much fun to work with. Uh, I can see why everybody loves your show. And do uh, check us out on girlsguidetoparis.com. And uh, we've got our Twitter and Facebook and everything there. And we're kind of a club of crazy uh, Francophile women that just love, love Paris. So uh, we, we'd love to uh, talk to you, too. Oh, great. Thank you again, Donnie, for being with us. Next week, we'll be at another destination. If you have any questions, we will have all this information on the hot sheet. And again, enjoy the trip, and we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.